Day 8. Posted, August 8, 2002, 12.49 a.m. A fatty day. Lance. Was sitting at the patio with dumbass smoking a cigarette as I pulled into the lot. Lance was there before me today, most likely due to the fact that last night I told him I'd be starting at 9 a.m. It was now 10.30 a.m. Lance didn't dare complain. It was Dumbass who commented on how late I was. I smiled and told Lance to follow me. Dumbass tried to gain admittance to the studio, but I told him that the No Drummers Allowed sign I had made yesterday was still in full effect and that he'd have to wait. I guess he thought I was kidding, because he came in anyway and sat down in my chair between the speakers. There wasn't much I could do about that. Technically, this was his session. Regardless, that was my chair, and I had work to do before Willie came in. Excuse me. Convinced that he had actually made a point other than the one on the top of his head, and further convinced that I wasn't going to force the issue, Dumbass got up and moved to the couch in the back of the room. By the end of yesterday's editing session, it was almost impossible for me to accurately judge the big picture of my editing job. I had to wait until today to hear how my edit job had worked. I dimmed the lights and closed the machine room door, which houses the multi-track machines, so that I wouldn't have to listen to the incessant thwap, thwap, thwap of 188 edits passing the entire run length of 3 minutes 45 seconds. I prefer to listen to takes with the lights dim, I've found that there's something about reducing the amount of stimulation on your eyes that makes your listening more acute. It was just as I had expected. There was no feel to the drums. It doesn't really matter that the kicks hit the one and the snares hit the two. Feel comes from everything in between. Feel comes from the way the rhythm makes you feel, hence the term. A drum beat should make your body move by pure reflex. There should be an infectious physical reaction from the drums. How could this actually be a surprise to me? I must have spent too much time convincing myself this morning that I might be pleasantly surprised with the results of yesterday's marathon editing session. The cold, hard reality had set in. I spent 12 hours editing these drums with the single goal of making them, at the very least, acceptable. But at the very most, they sucked ass. I called Willie's cell phone to make sure he was coming in. He asked me how the drums were, and I told him they were in time now, but that they still sucked. There was no point in trying to sugarcoat it. I didn't want Willie coming into the studio expecting a killer drum track. He told me that he'd be in shortly, and he hung up. Willie came in at around 11 and immediately hugged everyone. My first notion was that Willie must not like dim lights, because after the morning hugs, he turned them all the way up. Willie was asking how everyone was, and we participated in the exchange of morning niceties as he reached into his leather satchel that he'd thus far carried with him, pulled out a huge baggie of green, and proceeded to roll a fatty. It was eleven in the morning, and Willie was smoking a fatty. <sighs> Breakfast of champions, he stated as he smiled contentedly, holding his breath.
He pointed at Lance to dim the lights again. I understood now that it wasn't that Willie disliked dim lights. Willie couldn't roll a fatty in the dark. He offered me the fatty, which I declined. Not because I don't smoke fatties, but rather, I don't smoke fatties if there is any chance in hell I'm going to have to cut tape. Combining the use of wickedly sharp instruments with substances designed to alter and dull the senses was an activity I preferred to avoid. Besides, my finger, which I probably should have gotten stitches for, was still throbbing with pain. Willie offered his fatty to the others in the room, and Eeyore accepted without hesitation. So far, Eeyore is the big partier in the crew. He's keeping his empty bottles of Johnny Walker and Maker's Mark as trophies from his drinking sessions. The empties are currently stacked on top of the refrigerator in the lounge, and his collection is already nothing short of impressive. The bass player also participates in the drinking sessions, but I get the feeling that he drinks nowhere near the amount of alcohol that Eeyore drinks. After Eeyore took a hit, the singer was the next to partake, as he walked over to take the fatty and proceeded to draw from it. Willie asked me if the edited take was up. I nodded, and he proceeded to take a listen. I sat there listening to the take, thinking to myself, this just isn't right. Willie stopped the tape machine when the take was done. It's not right. But you're right about what you said on the phone. I sat there slightly uncomfortable, trying not to show it. Willie made that comment while Dumbass was in the room, and I was just waiting for Dumbass to ask what I had said. Thankfully, he didn't even ask, but he did speak. I sound like a robot. Dumbass pouted, actually sounding like a robot. Everyone pretty much ignored him. We all sat there, dejected, staring straight ahead. We were on our eighth day on this project, and we still hadn't recorded a usable note. As if that weren't enough. And as if the band, Willie, and I weren't sitting there wondering what else could go wrong, things got worse. The runner delivered a phone message, which he handed directly to Willie. I was sitting right next to him, and I could read plainly what the message said. To Willie Show, from Jeremiah Weasel. Willie, I'd like to come by. Please call Jeremiah. Jeremiah is the band's newest A&R rep. He's basically a minion with a very strong opinion. I'd be surprised if he even had signing power, although I'd be willing to bet he's conned more than one band into signing a memo deal, which basically gives a label the right to the artist until a contract is entered into, greatly reducing a band's power of negotiation. This band was the president's signing, and Jeremiah is a figurehead. But he certainly has the president's ear, and it would not be good for him to come over before we had something worthwhile to play for him. He isn't a dumb fellow, but he is a bit of a poser, and he really doesn't understand much of anything about the studio. I've run into Jeremiah several times in recent years, and I've never been impressed by the dude. How he keeps getting gigs is beyond me. Willie crumpled up the note and threw it in the trash. Perhaps we should trigger some samples and then pump the samples out the PA and record the room. We can use your drum machine. He said to me, pointing to my drum machine. May I? I said, picking up the fatty from the console. Normally, I wouldn't partake this early in a session, or for that matter, this early in the day. The fact of the matter is, I was upset. This was a terrible situation. If Jeremiah comes to the session and finds out that we can't play him a note of music, he could completely shut the session down. 
as much as that might very well be a blessing, I'm committed for the next two months to this gig. As if that weren't enough, we were now trying to trigger drums and somehow mask the fact that dumbass sucks. At that moment, I knew there was no way to make dumbass good, and it was obvious to me that I was going to have to spend an inordinate amount of time forced into relearning this particular lesson. Add in the fact that it was absolutely drained from editing all day yesterday, and for what? Perhaps if my efforts had been fruitful, I would be adequately energized. But this wasn't the case. It was pointless to resist. Willie was obviously going to exhaust every possibility to make a usable track out of this mess. The way I saw it, I had no choice. By the size of Willie's baggie, that sounds bad, and the fact that he laughed so hard at my dumbest cotton line two days ago, which was only one step beyond mildly amusing, I was gathering that Willie smoked fatties every day. At this point, I needed to be in his headspace. The fatty did just what it was supposed to. I finally had recognized the situation for what it actually was. Humorous. Not pathetic. Not ridiculous. Not hairball. Humorous. I had been given an instant attitude adjustment. I now understood what Willie was trying to achieve. Where I had been negative and doubtful that anything could save dumbass, I was positive that we could do something creative to make the edited take work. Who ate my chocolate muffin? It was Willie, half kidding, half serious about the muffin. I, of course, ate the chocolate muffin the moment I walked in this morning. I wasn't proud of that fact. The muffins are huge. I could have been less of a pig and left half the muffin, but I chose to eat the entire thing. Could I really cop to such insensitivity? I think Cotton ate it, I said after checking the room to be sure he wasn't around. Why the fuck do we only get one chocolate muffin a day? With that, Willie picked up the phone and summoned the runner, who was sent out for 20 chocolate muffins. That was a bit much. Even being high, I don't think we ate more than seven of them between us. Willie instructed the runner that he was to never put fewer than five chocolate muffins in the basket each day. And five onion bagels, I exclaimed as the runner was walking out the door of the control room. Willie nodded his head approvingly as I brought my focus back to the task at hand, the triggering of samples. Samples are basically very short recordings. A kick drum sample is a recording of a kick drum. A trigger allows me to replace the recorded kick drum with the sampled kick drum. This gives a very consistent kick drum sound as opposed to the very inconsistent sound that was on tape. Bad drummers play their drums with a great deal of inconsistency, both in timing and velocity. Being that I fixed the timing, it was the velocity that was now obviously lacking consistency. The trigger works by automatically playing the sample once it receives a certain threshold of audio information from a source. In this case, the source would be the track that was designated for the kick drum mic. This way, any time Cotton hit his kick drum, the trigger would play the sample, and that is what we would hear as the kick drum. Before we were to begin triggering samples and the like, I really needed to make a copy of the edited tape. It had way too many edits to record over. Every time we played the tape, I was worried that something was going to fuck up. I knew exactly what I wanted to transfer to. 
After much discussion, and perhaps a little sales pitch on my part, Willie decided that rather than go down an analog generation, we should transfer the edited drum tracks to Radar. Radar is a digital multi-track recorder that I actually like the sound of. The great thing about Radar is it operates just like a tape machine. Willie was concerned about going digital, citing his disdain for the sound of Al-Sihad. But Willie had heard good things about the Radar, and I certainly wasn't telling him anything different. The drums had already received the benefits of analog tape. Now my concern was having a master that worked. I finally convinced him to give it a try. After the radar arrived, I transferred the edited drums. Willie did like the sound of the radar, very much, and this was the best news of the day. I was in a great mood as I sparked up another fatty. Now, with radar at my disposal, I had a chance to help move this session along. To say that we have been painfully unproductive would be an understatement. My goal was to eventually have someone else editing the drums, perhaps even in the radar while we continued recording takes each day. Spending an entire day editing while everyone just sat around drinking like fish wasn't good for the band. We needed momentum. When you have a band sitting around all day, they never get into a groove. Somehow, Dumbass and the band must get into said groove. If Dumbass had some confidence and momentum, it's likely he would play better. This would make all of our lives easier and more efficient, and this was the key to making the session more productive. The band needed to be playing and moving forward, not sitting on their asses all day. Unfortunately, at the moment, I was alone in this thinking. After pounding down chocolate muffins, followed by lunch, we spent hours putting together samples, triggering them, playing them through the PA, and moving room mics. I had to program mutes on the kick and snare because I was getting so many mistriggers. Dumbass was just too inconsistent as a player, and with the compression, gating wasn't effective. We tried all sorts of wacky tricks to make the drums work. Perhaps on a day that I'm a bit less exhausted, I'll go through some of those. Actually, we were having a blast fucking with the drums, but by early evening, Eeyore... who was toward the end of his bottle of Johnny Walker Red, had had just about enough. Let's just record the other instruments on this fucking song already. The band was obviously getting frustrated at the lack of progress, and Eeyore was drunk enough to remove himself from his depression and expose the more assholish side of his personality. Willie, picking up on the subtle cue, decided he would lay down music on the drums. I took about half an hour to make an analog work tape of the drums from Radar. Finally, we were recording. We started with the bass, which quickly became a tedious punch fest of recording one measure at a time. Apparently, the bass player wasn't used to playing with drums that were so steady. Ay ay ay. Next, we recorded Eeyore's part, which was pretty painless, regardless of the fact that he was three sheets to the wind. Unfortunately, as has typically been the case on this session, someone was sure to bring our progress to a screeching halt. The singer, who should probably stick to singing, expressed the desire to lay down some guitar parts, too. Willie obliged, sending Eeyore home and wisely exiting stage left himself. 
I got to hang for another two hours, wanking off, recording a below-average guitar player at best, whilst the quality guitar player was at home, likely sleeping off an entire day's worth of drinking. Why does this always happen with bands? Here the band has a very good guitar player who can effortlessly and quickly lay down the parts, and the shitty guitar player is the one laying down the majority of them. Next thing you know, Dumbass is going to want to sing one of the songs. God help us if that happens. Mixer Man. <laughs>